The Bible is clear about something to speak to all of you that are watching me online that turn this on, those of you that are sitting in the room. The Bible is clear about something. It talks about this in Hebrews. And we should not violate the word of God. The, the Bible gives us directions. When we look at Jesus and what Jesus did on the earth, he was always in the temple or he was always in a meeting. He was always in someone's house. The church met in someone's house and they began meeting in churches. The church is not an absent figure from the church as Jesus Christ described it. You are the church. There's no doubt about that. You're the church. But, you, but he described the church as coming together and being in the house and being in the same place together. There's something about iron that sharpens iron. And so he made it clear that the church is to come together. As a matter of fact, he said in Hebrews, he said, forsake not the assemblings of together as, as some are, but come together. He said to come to church. Forsake not the assemblies of yourselves together. We are to be together in the house of God. Anybody that has been in this COVID thing and thinks that you can stay at home is missing the point. We did this for security, not for any other reason. God wants us to meet together. And there is a purpose. Today's authority in the room and the way we're worshiping is, is vastly different because there's a presence that comes from corporate anointing. And corporate anointing is, is powerful. And that's why God designed it for us to have churches come together. We as a group of people can manifest much more change than as an individual. There's nothing wrong with individual prayer. And, but the Bible describes it this way. He says this. One can put a thousand to flight. Well, that's great. One can put a thousand to flight. We have authority. We have power to move and manifest the presence of God. But two can put 10,000. There's a multiplication of what we are accomplishing by our binding together. This is why when I look across our country today, I'm not going to avoid this subject. I'm not afraid of this subject. Uh, the Lord sent me to South Carolina, and the thing that he sent me here to do was to bring people together. All people, whether you're white, black, green, red, purple, whether you got hair or don't got hair, God wants you to worship together. Somebody ought to say Amen. Our churches ought to look like our Walmarts, amen? It shouldn't look like something different than the football stadium or whatever we go to. We ought to be all together. And so God brought us here and began to develop a culture through the word that changed our lives. Everybody in this place, we worship together. And that's not something that's absent from the calling of God on my life. It's a call. I'm not called without that calling. I'm called to bring people together, to deal with racial issues to deal with those tensions. So I'm not afraid of those things. And currently our nation is separated. And, and rightfully so. I'm not going to stand up and tell you that I'm a, I'm a law officer or that I'm part of the, you know, uh, the, the, the faculty of people they will meet with to discuss this issue. But it was obvious to me, I got to see the video of this beating and brutality that we all saw. And I watched this man get killed on the street and he was, he was killed by those police officers because of their insensitivity. I, I don't want to argue whether or not he was sick or not sick. I can tell you four men on top of me might have killed me. And one on my, my, my neck might have helped. Amen? And it's obvious to me. I'm not, I'm not running from it. I'm not afraid of who will say whatever you want to say about me. But I believed at that moment when I saw that video, the first thing I did is went onto my Facebook account and said, those are murderers and they need to be dealt with. I don't care if you're mad at me. If you never come back to Family Worship Center, you need to hear what I've got to say. That needs to be dealt with. That kind of, uh, uh, that kind of hate, that kind of, demon, it's demonology. It's a dem demonic thing that occurred 
It's demonic. And if we don't understand the demonic nature of that thing, and we don't understand that that's, that was perpetrated by, by a spirit of hate. God is not hate. God is full of love. God doesn't tear people apart. God puts people together. God doesn't bring differences between us. He brings pieces together. He said, till we're all joined together, that we're all fitly, fitly joined. He didn't say white people are fitly joined together or black people are fitly joined together or Chinese people are fitly. He said, till we all being fitly joined together. Come on, somebody. Everybody in this room, shout out amen. Amen. Till we're fitly joined together. God called for that fitness. He called for us to join together no matter what we look like and our puzzle piece was shaped like that we fit somewhere and we matter in the kingdom of God. And so I'm saying this, that there's a division, but God is not in division. God doesn't divide. He unites. He brings together. He causes us. Listen, there will not be separate heavens. There won't be a place for, you know, people with tattoos and people without tattoos. There won't be a place for Samoans like me. And there won't be a place for Japanese people. And there won't be a place for Asian people. And there won't be a place for Mexican folks and Spanish folks. And No, no, no. There'll be one heaven and we're all going to worship there together. You're neither male nor female. You are not black and you are not white. You are a person. You're living inside of a body and it may be black, it may be white, it might even be tattooed green, but there's somebody real living in there and that's the real person. We're to live together like we're real people. Somebody ought to say amen. Why am I saying this? Because I think that the thing that misses sometimes this lack of understanding is If we go back through history, and we look back through time, even in the United States, I thank God for Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King. When he stood up, and he made all the declarations he made, and advanced the change in our nation, and brought slavery, uh, and brought freedom to slavery, and freedom to bigotry, and uh, all that he did, obviously working toward those things. The, uh, the fact that people miss is that he was a man of God. <laughs> they, they miss the fact that he was a born-again, preaching man of God. And that he let God work through him. He did not work through the flesh because he knew the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they, listen, if we don't know the Bible, then we don't know what we're doing. We need to, we need to function in the Bible. Listen, we, we all have a minute to make mistakes. We all have some time to have error in our life, but let's go back to the word. But it was that belief, it was that truth, it was that, that, that honor that was in him, that, the God anointing on him that allowed him to transform our nation. He followed those things, he walked in those things, he taught those things, and they transformed the nation. Somebody ought to say Amen. But you can continue to go back through time. You can go back to the Reformation. You can see how change came because men of God stood up. You can go back to the changes in the United States and see when men of God stood up, things changed. Because when God is there, when God is moving, when God is active, and when the church is what it should be, 
the devil's not free to do what he wants to do. Because no weapon formed against us. Come on, somebody shout out amen right there. If you don't get what I'm talking about. You see, the church was locked up behind doors for 10 weeks. The church was closed off. We weren't having prayer meetings and finding those alone times and corporate times of prayer. And Holy Ghost people were separated from each other. You don't think the devil knows what he's doing? Let me tell you something. He's trying to destroy. He, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. When it's bad, it didn't come from good. When it's good, it came from God. Come on, somebody say, if it's good, it came from God. When it's bad, see, God's not involved in racial tension. God's not involved in those things. Somebody that would preach something like that don't know what they're talking about. When they try to describe God as the one who would invent and cause these kinds of things. God's not involved in this, but I know what he will do. I know what he's going to do, and I know how it's going to turn out as long as the church does what the church should do. Come on, somebody, shout out amen right there. It's time we start praying together again. It's time that we get in the house of God again. It's time that preachers start preaching the word again. It's time that they stand up. You know, I mean, we got to start talking about what's going on in the spirit because it is the Holy Spirit that makes the difference. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. If you don't realize that while the church was absent, the devil was working. When the church was quiet, the devil was talking. I'm waiting for the church to rise up in the middle of this thing. Hold on. We're going to do this right. We're going to change the police offices. We're going to change the leadership. Lord, as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Feed us. And as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. Come on, where's the church? Where is the church? Stand up, church. I began to talk to the guys about what the next level was. What do we say about coming back to church? Should I put up on the billboards and on the TVs? You know, we're getting ready to do TV advertisements, billboards, and all those things to try and stimulate church growth, not just ours, but church. Because the church makes a difference. Look at somebody and say, the church makes a difference. Come on, find somebody else. Turn to them. Say, the church makes a difference. Now, see, the world would like you to believe differently. They'd like to say to you, well, where's all the prayer now? No, where was the prayer? The question is not where is the prayer now. The question is where was the prayer? I hope somebody's catching what I'm trying to say. Where were we? Where were we standing? Now it's time. To catch up to where we need to be and take control. And I I thank God. You watch. I believe this with all my heart. Pastors that have words from heaven, men that can influence the community, men that have the ability to transform our nation will begin to rise up, will begin to stand up, will begin to speak, will begin to transform the nation. They'll be on the television screens. They're going to lose their fear. They're going to lose their worry, and they're going to rise up in the plan of, I speak it over you now in the name of the Lord. You'll rise up, and you'll speak, and you'll change the world. Men will come forward with words of wisdom, with words of knowledge, with the Holy Spirit anointing, and we'll transform our nation. 
Till we're gone, the devil's at hold. As long as the church is standing, the Antichrist cannot come. The devil cannot walk on the planet the way he wants to. Because I can confess with my mouth the word of the Lord. And I can change and transform the environment that I live in. Words are coming forward. Words are coming forward. Ooh, hallelujah. The Lord spoke to me a while back. I'll use the words a while back. I know the date, but I would just want to say a while back. And I have waited to listen to the Lord. You know me. If you've come to this church, I will always wait. I learned from Brother Hagin how to be led by the Spirit of God. One of my favorite books of all time that I've ever read If you've never read it, you need to read it. How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. A transforming book. Transformational. Seeing things differently. I came out of old time religion and my parents only had that stuff that, you know, I came out of, and I won't tell you what denomination, but a good Pentecostal denomination. And What they had was good, but they didn't have the full truth. And they kept walking in things that they didn't have to walk in and denying the power that was residing on the inside of them. And didn't understand, filled with the Holy Ghost, a powerful denomination, but to learn what power you have by the baptism of the Holy Spirit was transformative. How you could be led by the Spirit of God. Not just that you were filled with it and you could have some jerks every once in a while. But that he would lead you and that he would guide you into all truth. That he would show you things to come. We're absent because we're not in that place. Or there may be another. I've I just been waiting on the Lord. I waited just for God to speak to me. I waited to hear. You know, because every year I would get up and give you a declaration from the Lord. I'd say, this is what the Lord told me for this year. And I'd declare it over the church, but I didn't hear one. And I waited to hear another one. And I, I just waited. I've been waiting to hear. And, and you know, there's, there's some, you know, when you're a spirit man and you walk in the spirit... There's a sense of following God, but you always want to hear. Uh, it's p- prophetically, you want to know, but I haven't heard anything. Except what I heard sitting in my car coming back from a Christmas. Or coming, I mean, we had gone to Christmas vacation and we were in the car. And as we're driving home, the Holy Spirit came into my car. All of us were coming back. We are coming back from uh, uh, Charlotte and, and we were on a hill coming down a hill on the way home, I had turned on a video of a church, and I'm, I'm watching this video, and all of a sudden, I'm not in the car anymore. I was gone. I wasn't in the car, and I was standing in the beach, and as I'm standing there in the middle of the beach, I'm in the ocean, and there's waves that are coming up on me and coming past me, and there's waves up on the beach, and there's waves that are forming out there. There's water that's calm, and you know, but all of this is there, and I'm I'm standing there, and I heard the Lord say, wait on your wave. Now, they were out there this week. Amy and I went on vacation. And we had to because the allowance was there for because Amy does our children's ministry, and we're not having children's ministry, and she'll be back soon. And so this was the right time to do that. She doesn't feel the stress, and the kids are out of school. They finished up, and, you know, football's coming, and Brian's going to want to try out, and they're going to have practices, and that will delay it. So we began to think about what we would do, and so last Friday, we decided to go on vacation. Well, while we were down there, Pastor Justin came down to film one of the videos for celebration number 11, our online celebration stuff. 
And as he's down there filming, I'm watching from the balcony of the hotel. We're right on the ocean, looking over the ocean. My son Brian's out there on a surfboard trying to surf with him. And I'm watching the waves come over them. But I watched as they waited, as you would do on your wave. Waves would come, go past them and all those things. And this is what the Lord showed me. Wait on your wave. Wait on your wave. And then the Lord said, not every wave is your wave. There are a lot of waves that pass by. It might have fit somebody else, but didn't fit you. There's a lot of things that have happened in the church that I would never do, never touch. The Lord helped me because I'm not critical of them like I used to be. Because there are some things that have passed us by that fit somebody else. It was their wave. There's some that just jumped on somebody else's wave, didn't even wait on a wave. Come on. There's some that are finishing up their wave. Many men of God have finished the wave. Some have gone on to be with the Lord. Some are closing the doors on their ministries as pastors or teachers or whatever they may be. But, but, but there is a time for us, and it's certainly what God was saying to me, and what I heard from him is, wait on your wave. I want to tell you something. I believe that we're about to experience a Holy Ghost wave And if we, the church, are prepared for what he's about to do, we're going to catch a wave of the Holy Ghost we have never seen before. And our nation, our children, the people in this world need this wave of the Holy Spirit. It's time for us to become real Christians and stop playing games. I wish somebody would say amen right there. It's time. The year of God is coming. The power of God is coming. Zechariah 4, 6 says this. Then he answered and spake unto me. He said unto me, the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might. It's, I, I, I'm for programs. I like to watch shows about that. I, 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 you know, solving problems and things like that. But it's not a, the, the problem-solving mechanism is the Holy Ghost. The problem solving that we need is found in the presence of God. It is knowing. Thank God. Again, I love Brother Hagin's ministry and what he poured into my pastor, Pastor Reggie, that how to be led by the Spirit of God. You know, we wanted our dog to swim. Now, we have a brand new little dog. He's a beautiful dog. And man, are we in love with this dog. It was a miracle to get the dog. My daughter wanted a dog, and I got to praying because I know the Bible says you'll have what you pray for. I got to speaking. I don't want a dumb dog. Somebody ought to shout out amen. I don't need no dumb dog. Amen. You might want a Rottweiler, but I want something smart. That was a joke. Amen. Because people that got Rottweilers are mad at me now. Well, I got a smart dog. No, no, they're not as smart as the one I got. Amen. Anyway, I wanted a smart dog. And, and one of the things when we got the little dog, it was a miracle we got him. She wanted it for her birthday. We couldn't find a dog, couldn't find where we wanted to get this dog. And we got to praying about the dog. I got to praying. I said, we're going to find one on your birthday. And all of a sudden, a, a, a litter of five pops up on the internet. One of them's a boy dog. There's two boys and three girls. Nobody had done anything. It's just come up with the internet. And they're going to be let loose on her birthday. Do you, do you know how miraculous that really is? That we're praying for a birthday dog. You know, it takes eight weeks or ten weeks or whatever it is. They were going to let these dogs go at eight weeks, at the end of eight weeks, and it's on her birthday. Folks, that's a miracle. I don't care what you think. I know a miracle. 
And so we were able to go get this thing, and it's exactly what we wanted. But we get him home, and we want him to swim. We got a pool in the backyard, and we've been trying to get him to swim. Because they're dogs that swim. Now, every once in a while, he, I mean, a couple of times he ran out and he got in the ocean or in our pond. And so that was pretty cool, but he just, they, they put him in the swimming pool and he'd panic. Jump out of the swimming pool, freak out. He didn't want nothing to do with the swimming pool. And if you were in the swimming pool, I don't want to touch the swimming pool. But we wanted him to swim. He's supposed to swim. So we're over at the beach and we're just over there and I'm just listening to the Holy Ghost. You know, you can listen to the Holy Ghost on your, on your vacation. You can listen to him every minute of every day. I'm just listening to the Holy Ghost, and we'd gone all over the place. We'd done all this stuff and just had the most wonderful time alone. And, and all of us playing and just carrying on. And the Lord speaks to me at an axe-throwing place. My kids are throwing axes. Y'all ever been to one of these axe-throwing places? I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever. I thought, go throw axes. My son's like, I want to go throw axes. I'm thinking, well, don't throw no axe at me. So we're going to throw these axes. And they're throwing... I didn't know you could burn an hour in an axe throwing place. And I thought they'd be done in five minutes, but they're loving it. They gave them stars to throw and cards to throw and axes to throw. And I mean, we're scoring it and all this stuff. I mean, an axe throwing place. I'm thinking it was a dumb, great, great, an hour of kill time. But while I'm sitting there, the Lord says, look up a dog park. Look up a dog park. I have no idea. I go online. I look up dog parks. Within a minute or two of where we are, there's a dog park. And in this dog park is these set-off places with all these toys for these dogs. I have no idea thing like even existed. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to go find a dog park. And so when we get done with the throwing, I got in the car. Everybody gets in there like, let's go here. Let's go here. Let's go here. I said, we're not going anywhere. Well, where are we going? I said, we're going to a dog park. A dog park. Well, let's go here. Let's go. No. I said, the Lord told me. It got in my spirit. I got to go to this dog park. So we get in the car, and we go over to this dog park, and lo and behold, there's this huge lake. And the dog park lines up against this lake. And so we get up to this. I want you to show how being led by the Spirit of God counts for every moment of your life. Every moment of your life. Being led by the Holy Ghost. It's not just that we get up and speak in tongues one day, and we have the evidence of a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for that. But why do you need it? Why? Because God wants to lead you and he wants to guide you and direct you. He wants to help you. Could you imagine if the man who put his knee on George Floyd's neck had the Holy Ghost on the inside of him? I don't think he would ever. I wish some. Wouldn't you have liked for the men around him to be filled with the Holy Ghost and one of them run over there and push him off that man? Wouldn't you have liked for some? Because we know with the Holy Ghost there, that could not happen. Say what you want to, but I'm telling you, it couldn't happen when the love of God exists. God's love was missing. We get out in this dark part, and they're going crazy. And this man had thrown a ball out in the water in the lake. And his dog swam out there but wouldn't get the ball. So my kids are coming down the lake, and my son threw a stick in the water. This dog of ours runs out in the water, swims about 20 feet, grabs the stick, and comes back. And then I said, go get the ball. 
my dog gets up, runs over to the ball, runs in, jumps in the water, swims out another 20, 30 feet, grabs this ball, and brings the ball back to, this, to us and this man. I, 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 we're like, wow, our dog swims. <laughs> Come on, somebody. We've been wanting for this. Now I know we still got a problem. What happens when we get home to the pool? We get to the pool, we got a ball. We throw it in the water. And of course, he jumps in the water, gets the ball out, he swims in the pool. When the kids get in, he jumps out. I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute, he's scared because they've scared him to death. Now we get so throughout that hour or whatever it was, now he's swimming in the pool. Here's the problem. When I got up this morning, he comes running in. And he's soaking wet and jumps on me in the bed. Soaking wet. No, no, no. We thought we were going to get somebody who swam. Now we got a swimmer. You understand what I'm saying? Now I got to live with this all this water. We just wanted him to swim. God led us and directed us because it's not by might. It's not by power. I didn't have to whip him. I didn't have to beat him. I didn't have to. He followed. We had a leading from the Holy Spirit, a direction. And God wants his church to be led by the Holy Spirit. As simple as dog walking matters. The Holy Spirit bears with us. It says his spirit bears witness with us that we're the children of God. Every born again believer. He said, by this shall you know that all men are my disciples. He gave us a criteria. Zoom in. Here's the criteria. You ready? That you love one another. That you love one another. That you love. Listen. If you are born again, if you are a Christian, Jesus living in you declares. When Jesus was in the garden praying with his disciples, one of his disciples cut off the ear of a man. Jesus didn't join in and say, stone him, kick him, kill him. Jesus went up and put the ear Back on the man. By this. When Jesus was being crucified on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Believers, we don't act like sinners. Believers, we don't, we don't hate. We don't ridicule. We don't despise. We don't. Listen, there may be problems. You might have to deal with it. You might get angry. But God says, be angry and sin not. What I saw was a man who couldn't handle anger, who couldn't deal with whatever he was dealing with, and perpetrated vile evil on another human being. And yes, he was black, which makes it much more difficult to deal with. Here's the point. Church, it's time for us to stand up and declare change over our nation. Everyone could see what had happened. There were no excuses. I know people are going to be mad at me and say, well, you shouldn't bring that up in church. Yes. Yes, we should. Yes. Yes, Jesus said to love one another as I have loved you. Can you arrest somebody without killing them? Yes. Can you deal with people's problems without destroying lives and families? Yes. Yes. And we have to do it. What did the Holy Spirit come from? Come for And I'm going to make this quick. I want to get it done because 
we're coming to the end. He said, Acts 1.8 says he'll give you power, ability, equipment, necessary for the job, power for here, empowerment. After the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be witnesses of the resurrected Jesus legally and historically. And unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Church, we're called to be the light. We're called to be a life-changing experience. We're not called to sit silently. We're not called to do nothing. We're called to take whatever comes and keep walking and keep standing and keep believing and keep turning lives around. And we're to do it because God has given us the ability and the equipment and the power necessary to do it. Jesus said, it's important that I go, that the Holy Spirit comes so that every one of us could have him in us. If you're having problems, get filled with your, get filled in the Spirit. The church is essential. It's essential to you. It's essential to your home. It's essential to your community. It's essential to your, to your city, state, your nation, and to the world. The church matters, you and the church. The church is the answer. 2 Thessalonians 2.7 says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he, he who now letteth will let until he be taken away. The church is the thing standing between the world and iniquity. Between the world and the Antichrist. Between the world and racism. Lord, that every church will be multicultural. Come on, somebody. That every pastor would say, bring them all. That every man of God would open the doors to his house with prayer and say, God, fill it with everyone. I'm passionate about this. It's in my spirit. God, turn it around. Jesus went into Samaria. And when he went, he said this. He came to the Samaritan woman at the well. And then he said to the woman at Samaria, How is it that thou, being a Jew, seeks drink from me, which am a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. There was a racial indifference that existed in religion then. It existed in the peoples then. And when Jesus came, he tore it all down. And he said, I don't care that you're a Samaritan. I don't care that we're not of the same race. I don't care if we don't drink at the same fountain. Come and drink my water. Come on, somebody. When we drink of the water that Jesus gives, what is that water? He said, the water that I give you will never run dry. And it's for all people of all time. It's the water of the Holy Spirit. When we have the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us, it tears down racial indifference. It tears down bigotry. It tears down. Romans 13, 11 through 14. I'm finishing here. We're going to sing ourselves out of here, and then somebody's going to come talk to you. Come back to church. Come back to church. The Lord said, tell them, come back to church. Folks, come back to church. Not just be the church. Come back to church. 
Don't listen to anybody says, well, where's the church? You don't need the church. You need the church. The world needs the church. We need each other. Come back to church. Don't let it, don't stay at home and say, well, you know, this COVID. Either we believe in healing or we don't. Either we believe in miracles or we don't. Either we believe God will take care of us or we don't. No deadly thing shall hurt you. Come with faith. We'll use wisdom, but don't stay home. Come back to church. Next week, come back. Verse 11, Romans 13, 11. And that knowing the time, knowing the time, that now is it at high time, awake thou that sleepeth. For now is your salvation nearer than when you believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us be armored with light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not rioting and in drunkenness, not chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh and the lust thereof. We should live like we're dying. We should live like this is our last day. Stop being irritated by stuff. If you're going in the ministry, let me tell you something. You better get some thicker skin. You better stop letting people irritate you with some little something that bothers you and frustrates you. Stand up and say, that does not matter. I've been called and I'm going to fulfill my call. I'm going to do what God called me to do. And no weapons formed against me shall ever prosper. You're not going to kick me down. I'm not backing up. I'm not missing out. I'm not going to miss God's plan. I'm not. I'm burning on the inside. That's all I know to tell you. Spirit of God's moving in me. This is our last day. Stop acting like there's another one tomorrow. If Jesus came back in the next minute, are you doing what he called you to do? Or have you gotten distracted and dismayed and disconnected? You found a fault guard or somebody to irritate you. The importance of living on purpose. Have a purpose with your life. If there's ever been a time to catch the sense of urgency, it's this time. It's right now. Church, church, it's right now. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But through God, they're mighty to the pulling down of every. More changes have happened before now than we can imagine in just a few years. The Romans were there at this time in their lives. God gave them four things in this scripture. One, we should watch vigilantly. Our eyes should be open spiritually. We should be vigilantly knowing. That's what he told us, knowing what the time is. We shouldn't know the weather better than we know. If you can tell me all the scores from the ball game, but not tell me where we are in time with Jesus, you don't know what you're looking at. You're missing the point. First Chronicles tells us this. The children of Issachar, which were there, understood the times to know what Israel ought to do. 
the heads of them were 200. And all their brethren were there commanding. In other words, they had set people over watching the times. We shouldn't be surprised by what's going on. It's the devil. And it's the time. The, 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 the Antichrist and the anti-spirit of, of the devil wants to invade the planet. Not while I stand on it. Not while I'm standing here. He'll have to take me out for this to happen. Second Peter says this, knowing this verse, there shall come in those days scoffers, warning of their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? And since when the fathers have fallen, seeing all things continue as they were from the beginning. People are saying, where's prayer? Does prayer matter? All, all they want to do is prayer. I tell you now, the church better start praying. If we didn't know how to pray before, thank God, we need to start praying right now. We need more prayer than we've ever had. And when God tells you to stand up in the middle of the street and say something, when he's got a word for you, it's not burning down a building. I know that happened. I said we got a few minutes to make some mistakes, but them times is over. It's time for the church to stand up. And from here, from this moment, the voice of the Holy Spirit will start coming out of the mouth of his servants and they'll change. Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Salvation is here for us. Number two, we need to be a vigilant. We need to be vigilant. We're supposed to be vigilant. Number three, we're to walk virtuously. It's time to take sin out of our lives. It's time to put down sinful things virtuously. Finally, we're to walk victoriously. Romans 13, 14, put on the Lord Jesus. Make not provisions for the flesh and don't fulfill the lust thereof. We're to walk victorious. 